Good evening, godless sodomites. Yeah, so, but yeah, I guess we should get started. Um, whew, the last Tim LaHaye episode, hopefully. So. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> We're going to put a little asterisk on the artwork this week. <laughs> hopefully, maybe. But uh, <laughs> welcome to the Excommunication Station. I'm your host, Chaz. I am joined by just Donovan today. Chrissy might join us later, but we'll we'll see. But uh, how are you, Donovan? I'm doing just fine, living the American dream, my friend. How are you? Yeah, working hard, working for a living. Yes, sir. Everyone's watching. My throat's wrecked. I've been screaming all day. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You enjoy the Skillet album or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, you know, uh, the place I work at, the machines are really loud. So even if someone's right next to you, you have to scream in their face. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have clarified. Right? I should have clarified. I've been screaming all day. Doesn't he have three children? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are your hip new youth pastors, and I said, maybe. You're going to be the one who saves me. And after all, it was an altar call. Oh, oh, God. (laughs) And and this is the Inquisition. (laughs) Hold on. You got to give us a second to breathe after that. I was wondering where you were going to go with that. That was perfection. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I just came up with that like about five minutes ago. While I was waiting for you to come on. So, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad I waited a second. So, yeah. <laughs> I pulled out the easiest thing I could out, you know, Wonder Wall. So, but sometimes uh, easiest is best. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Donovan, did you ever claim that Jesus spoke to you? Uh, do I ever claim it or did I ever actually think it happened or <laughs> uh, yeah. War. yeah I probably yeah yeah I used to I remember there was a point in my life where I definitely believe that we were moved and like whenever we spoke angels and God were speaking through us for us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah I definitely would say yeah <laughs> mm. you fucking dummy I hate myself <laughs> <laughs> what about you uh yeah, a lot of it was, you know, I, I think I think we we went through this, you and I and, mm-hmm. and Chrissy over the mental health uh, episodes and like trying to cope with things. So you just kind of yeah. make up, mm-hmm. you know, friendships in your mind. And the easiest one is to go to Jesus, I guess. So, uh, you know, oh, the way he said that cut me deep bro i felt your pain <laughs> as you said the words <laughs> oh, you had to put it in such a way <laughs> yeah so what are you doing who are you hanging out with this weekend jeez jesus what a jesus freak <laughs> i'm just lonely guys <laughs> i have no friends um who's yeah. in the house jc 
and me. That's it. Because nobody else likes me. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Yeah. Um, the only time I remember ever claiming like out loud was that like a, like a thing at youth group when I was I was going through a lot with just getting I was like 16 or 17 and I was dealing a lot with like my father even though I never talked about it to anyone um with him not being around you know mm -hmm. uh and coming to terms with like what a shitbag my stepfather was so it's just like kind of like this is the time to grow up you know instead of dealing yeah. with all your stuff so you know I read that passage of you know you got to put away childish things and shit like that and i was just like yes this is speaking to me and uh yeah god wants me to be an adult so i'm gonna stop doing this this stuff damn and it was just like damn son you should go to therapy <laughs> <laughs> yeah right there there's and fuck man the bible is a dangerous weapon <laughs> Yes. god damn there should be asterisks all over the place in that motherfucker today is the word of the day it's asterisk <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck yeah. man because that 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 was meant for an adult Chaz. <laughs> yeah i know but like you take that as like you know i i remember i had i had a girlfriend issue that was going on she was moving mm -hmm. to another state and we had we had been together for a year so that was going on and you know there's mm -hmm. a whole lot of shit that right. you know you're you're just told to you know kind of get over and move on from when right. you really should learn how to process it and realize what's absolutely going on. right and you know you just the bible doesn't tell you to do that <laughs> you know it tells you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps so uh yeah yeah put away the childish things and become an adult without processing the things that you just went through um yeah i'm so. sure that that would just that, that that'll just create a whole generation of great people mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> just All to be constantly told that <laughs> right <laughs> you're being a child i am a fucking <laughs> child <laughs> yeah and then I, I hit hold on one second i dropped i dropped my vape and we cannot continue without it no i'm i'm holding i'm holding mine firmly <laughs> uh, i tilted my screen up and it went flying but uh sorry and then i had a youth pastor i think i talked about this before that was like really anti like teenage years mm -hmm. so like he was like that's a construct from like modern society and that never happened before and like it's like you should be you know you were an adult at 13 and i yeah. don't even know what his whole agenda was with that but like yeah no so, yeah that's yeah. yeah those are well, words that my father spoke many times <laughs> and he's in jail <laughs> oh super yeah i don't think he was into that stuff but like yeah it was just like, it was just, it was just a really weird vibe that was just like well i'm i'm 15 and like i don't know why a girl won't look at me so right. i'm not an adult so <laughs> you know so you just being a normal fucking kid and having no one to go to with it and yeah. with the way you're brought up you're like oh the reasonable way to go is this this yeah but like even like at that age 
I was, you know, you got 14, 15, whatever. I was, God, like, I'm, were you a latchkey kid? Like, you just came home? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, I was by myself so yeah. much, so much at the time, you know? Yeah. Like, I was, I, you know, the stuff my kids are learning now, like, I knew at, like, five, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I knew how to make my own food and, like, you know, do the laundry and, like, all this, do the dishes and, you know, vacuum and all this other shit by, you know, by the time I was, like, eight or nine, you know? So, um, yeah. There was, like, this thing of, like, you're not really a kid that I know, I know that you and I both went through, you know, that we didn't really yeah. have that childhood that, he was claiming everybody had just like yeah <laughs> I, yeah I know exactly what you're talking about yep that's yeah i, I play I mean, in a I, cemetery you know and like, <laughs> right because it's like the safest place in my neighborhood so dude i remember one time i went to church and we went down in the basement and turned the lights on because that's where the kitchen was and we had like coffee and donuts and stuff mm-hmm and we did like the Thanksgiving dinners and shit, but we go down there, we turn the lights on and I just stand there by the doorway and everyone starts walking in and I'm like, they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, wait for the roaches to hide. And I was so fucking serious, dude. I was like, Oh my God. So many fucking moments like that. I, I like think back yeah. on now and I'm like, somebody should have grabbed me and ran. <laughs> yeah. Somebody probably should have said, uh, you know, roaches aren't really good for, you know, a child to live through. So. But right. Maybe- yeah 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 it's not oh really dude bad. it was that bad like we would have to stand and after the lights turned on for a couple minutes like give them a chance to hide you don't want to just grab something and then be all over it <laughs> we and i know it's, i think i told you guys this we we this church we went to was it was an old old fucking building it was, yeah and i'm probably gonna cut all this out but like it was like it had to be over 100 years old and mm. uh big giant steeple i'm talking like the steeple is probably like 100 100 feet up in the air if not taller and like uh they were gutting it all and for our punishment for for um uh detention we had to go in there and we had to clean it up like we're like you know teenagers they didn't give us any any masks any gloves nothing and like we came out of there and i blew my nose and it was just black yeah it was just like this is what they do to us you know and they're like <laughs> a, a good thing like a fucking pastor or priest wasn't walking by and like that's the devil leaving your body boy yeah, seriously and it was just like <laughs> oh why do i have cancer at 16 you know hmm. maybe you should have made better choices get back in there asbestos boy <laughs> oh god that's pretty much what it was i was just breathing straight asbestos for you know two hours every yeah. saturday uh because i couldn't that's behave good. um but uh anyway <laughs> we need to do the most important thing that is to pray so uh bow your heads hold the hand of the person next to you and if you're let if you're driving let jesus take the wheel i hear the spirit of the lord coming on the spirit of the lord says Do you feel the winds of change that are beginning to blow across this land? For there shall be great heat, there shall be fire, and the clouds shall be filled with smoke. What does this mean? For I say to you, watch carefully. 
For I am releasing my hand, my anointing, that shall break the yoke of woke. And the Spirit of the Lord says, as this takes place, the yoke of woke shall not just be broken, but yoke shall become broke, says the living God. You're good. I ain't got nothing going on until like okay. midnight when Danielle gets home. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Donovan, I can't believe you let me go the last episode without us talking about the Left Behind Filda ad- adaptation that came out in 2000. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that was- I totally was just going to let you read that line without saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> You piece of shit. Yeah, I'm sure that was. Uh, <laughs> do you remember this film? Because I, I the the problem, the reason I didn't mention it is because I don't remember seeing. I don't it. remember it either. You I know? remember. No, not at all. Not. Uh, I don't remember the original. I don't remember the sequel or the one with Nicolas Cage. Well, yeah, I don't remember the Nick. I remember the Nicolas Cage one because it's so new. But and I remember the film as being a thing, but I don't. I never saw it. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm um, sure I saw the, this movie. Like, I'm a hundred percent positive I've seen it. But my dad was like obsessed with the Omega Code, so we watched that way more. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, um, but the film it cost around four million dollars to make, and reportedly it made four million dollars at the box office. Oh but, shit! Yeah, um, well, he's like I... broke even, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that included the. Um, the VHS numbers. Um, I have some numbers here, but I don't know if they're absolutely right. But um, and LaserDisc. LaHaye <laughs> <laughs> um, La wasn't happy though. Uh, so with with the film, um, and oh, he just de- he decided to sue the makers, uh, it, Cloud Ten Pictures. Um, what sold, he sold the rights to the film in 1997 to Cloud Ten. Him and Jenkins, uh, they would be paid $350,000 for the first film with some provisions and kickbacks for selling the film rights for other things also. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way he didn't do a fucking sweet like marketing deal. Well, the thing is, is that back when they filmed, they sold the film rights, the books weren't a crazy huge success that they would become, you know, Uh, after the 2000s. So right. he just was kind of like, yeah, sure, three hundred fifty thousand dollars for the because it was just one book at that time, I believe. Uh, it might have been two. So at that point, the, he didn't have you know ten books plus you know this kid series to go off of. Things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but for an independent film, the film initially did amazing. It opened over on over eight hundred screens. Uh, it made over two million dollars on opening weekend. Kind of tanked after that but uh they made over two million dollars in video sales 
at the point of me uh, that this article I found was talking about it. I don't know how, what it is at this point. Um, it's probably way fucking more now. Yeah. Uh, even before the release of the film, LaHaye was pissed about the production and distribution of the film. He claimed that he was told that the film budget would be about $40 million. It would be distributed around the world to reach millions and millions more than was initially reached. Uh, when the release of the second film, Tribulation Force, in 2002, was, went straight to video, it only made him fight harder. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 800 you streams think? to direct the DVD. That's like a Steven Seagal, uh, you know, sequel. <laughs> right. That's like Bruce Willis today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Un- un- yeah. <laughs> The suit was settled in 2008, though. Uh, the dispute would be settled, but LaHaye would have a chance to sell the rights to the film again. But apparently there was some kind of time frame with that to do it. Uh, part of the settlement that is if he didn't sell the film rights within a certain amount of time, Cloud would be given the rights again to, fill, to sell the film, uh, which they did in 2014 for the Nicolas Cage remake which had a budget of $16 million and opened up over on 1,800 screens and made over $16 million at the box office. This Okay, well, look, <laughs> give, the, give the series the credit it deserves. At least it makes back the money every time <laughs> to the T. <laughs> you can't I mean, wake up mad that day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to make an investment in any type of... Um, I don't know. Film would faith-based film seems like a good way to go if you're if you're trying to go with something like a big production-wise. Um, yeah, yeah. Those DVD you, sales, at least back then. Did you actually DVD VHS? I don't know how it is today. Yeah, no. It's VOD is way more in demand now than it used to be. Back like nowadays, this is the way they'd want to go. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, um, did you see? The uh, the other one that got made in 2016. The Nicolas Cage one? No, there's one more that came out like right before he died. Mm. I did not. Uh... Yeah, it's it's called Vanished, Left Behind, Next Generation. Ooh, that sounds, that yeah. sounds like an erotic Cinemax uh, movie. <laughs> right. It's like a... Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a young adult like fucking switched at birth freeform bullshit remake version of it. But oh, very Tim cool. LaHaye, Tim LaHaye tweeted about it like right before he died. It's the only reason I know about it because one of his oh, like Cominus tweets I saw that I was like, what the fuck is this? He was like, if there's one movie your family goes to see, <laughs> like before I watched, die. Right. I'm watching the trailer. I'm like, he didn't watch any of this. If he hates the other one, he definitely hated this one. <laughs> Fucking uh, hell. Yeah, I'll have to take like a weekend and like or a day or two and watch all of them to see which one's the best one for us to watch. Uh which will that one's be like, the worst one. Yeah, that one's like uh the Hunger Games with Jesus. Oh, it's bad. Man. I'm definitely into that. Um <laughs> But the last time we left Tim LaHaye, he was racking up big money with the Left Behind series, especially with the aid of 9-11. The country, for the most part, is was war-hungry and bloodthirsty. Uh, we were already, already balls to the wall in Afghanistan and ready for more USA up your ass. 
I forgot to mention this last episode, but in 2001, LaHaye was recognized by Time Magazine as one of the 25 most influential evangelicals over the last 25 years. So, congratulations. I mean, they're not wrong. No, they're absolutely not wrong. Uh, He's I would even, influential I would even as say fuck. They, under, they understated uh, his influence. Yeah. Um, and yeah he's definitely in the top five yeah but even um modern christianity after doing all this research and everything if i'm going to say influence wise i'd put him up probably up there with uh billy graham maybe but i don't know almost seem like he's a little too old but definitely up there with billy graham and jerry falwell yeah i'm legit yeah that yeah he's fucking ingrained man woven into our fucking fiber (laughs) yeah absolutely um which this brings us to 2002 lahey wrote the left behind book the remnant he also wrote six issues of the left behind kids series and he wrote two books in his soul survivor series that is soul s-o-u-l as soul your soul survivor i can't even laugh at that I'm I'm sick of the puns now. I remember like the first Tim LaHaye episode and we named one of his titles. I was like, that's good. You got to give him that. Now I'm like, shut the fuck up, old man. <laughs> shut the fuck up. You've done too much to make these jokes. You don't have the right. <laughs> um, I, I just read two of the books that he wrote. One of them is called All the Rave. and And here's the description of the book. During a Labor Day weekend dance party, Kat confronts her <laughs> drug habit in relationship with God when a companion dies of an overdose. And Heather what? falls for a college boy who would bring regret into her life. That sounds right up your alley, Donovan. Um <sighs> And then that's that sounds like the fucking plot of the the fucking movie that I was just telling you about. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking hell. And then uh, at the last oh, and the last dance, and the last dance. It's not the book. It's the book is and the last dance. Um, Oh yeah. Uh, A schooler Heather Barnes feels she has found the man of her dreams in a Christian chat room. Uh oh. And plans to go to her prom with her, but well, and the plans to go to her prom with him as their first in-person date. But her friends try to save her from him before it's too late. Because they find out that it's really uh, it's the devil catfishing her. It's Satan. It's, <laughs> He's it's like really just Tim LaHaye. <laughs> <laughs> Come over here and touch my dick. Just look at it. <laughs> so fucking weird. Sounds like an episode of fucking your pretty face is going to hell. That's Absolutely. the devil just the catfishing some Christian girl. Yeah, it's to- I'm totally a Christian. <laughs> but this dude, like at this point, he's 20, he's seven, 70, 90s. Yeah, he's like 70 years old at this point, and he's writing teen books. What did he call the dance again? What was the and the last called, dance? It's called like the dance party or some shit. Social oh, dance at, party. All the rave? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that goes to show. <laughs> uh-huh. This is what the, 
This is what the kids are saying. <laughs> They're at the rave. Um, uh, Look he, at also, it. <laughs> he also wrote The Merciful God of Prophecy, his loving plan for you in the end times. And in uh, that, 2000, that was a, what, that's another, that, that, that was another great fiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and again also the second left behind film was released tribulation force um also in 2002 the militarist monitor i found online speaking of spring 2002 cnp meeting the meeting was summarized later by a conservative writer who reportedly a complete uni uniformity of judgment at a meeting attended by Bush administration officials when the Bush administration would still pretend for several months to try diplomacy, that Saddam needed to be deposed with military force. Ten really? months later, the United States would invade Iraq. Oh, my God. So, in 2002, Tim LaHaye's little group, the CNP, uh, has already decided that we should go to war um, in the spring of 2002, almost a year before we would go. So uh, that's nice and cool um, that we didn't really have a say in this. Uh, from the Dude, jump. this is fucking blowing my mind. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I'd like it took me honestly a little bit of time to wrap my whole head around the whole Dick Cheney like was a, was our real president for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And now I got to think about how Dick Cheney was actually kind of taking orders from fucking <laughs> Tim LaHaye. Yeah, yeah, and <sighs> other leaders of the CNP. Um, like I've said before, uh, he wasn't the um, the president the after the I'm first year, but he was still yeah a board a governing board member and still active uh I he started it too so yeah, yeah right so yeah to, like i'm like semantics definitely are wrong for me but i'm always going to be like it's him because he started yeah. this shit <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um and to continue that uh that article according to the new york times not long after the iraq invasion vice president dick cheney and defense secretary donald rumsfeld attended a council meeting so they were they were hobnobbing with those guys too um among those invited to speak at the 2002 event were two core neoconservatives frank gaffney and jane woolsey as well as influential right-wing figure pat buchanan an outspoken oh, opponent of the neoconservatives uh, end quote of the article um, so on one hand, we have political dark money and fringe but powerful Christian leaders all getting on one page for the Iraq war, the war that we were lied into, the war that was already set in stone to occur way before Colin Powell gave his infamous speech on February 5th, 2003. The CNP had already swung their almighty dick to a war in Iraq before the nation could even sit with with Colin Powell's bullshit. Um, That's, dude, this is like seeing into the writer's room. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, it's so unsettling. The reason I added that last 
portion or kept that last portion about Frank Gaffney, James Woolsey, and Pat Buchanan is that all of these people are opposing voices within the conservative movement. Like mm-hmm. they don't like each other. Um, it's kind of like how, uh, I don't know, Baptists and Presbyterians don't like each other, you know? Or like um, all of Christians don't like Catholics. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Except um, Catholics. <laughs> sure. They're all getting on the same page. That's what all this is. Um, yeah wow it's like it i'm trying my best to not make a shitty hamilton reference (laughs) (laughs) i want to be in the room where it happens because this is just fucking crazy man yep um but that's not where this ends from a new york times article wayward christian soldiers quote recently i took a few days to reread the war sermons delivered by influential evangelical ministers during the lead-up to the iraq war That period, from the fall of 2002 to the spring of 2003, is not not one I will remember fondly. Many of the most respected voices in American evangelical circles blessed the president's war plans, even when doing so required them to recast Christian doctrine. Charles Stanley, pastor of First Baptist Church of Atlanta, whose weekly sermons are seen by millions of television viewers, led the charge of a particular fever. Quote, we should offer to serve the war effort in any way possible, said Mr. Stanley, a former president of the Southern Baptist Convention. God battles with people who oppose him, who fight against him and his followers. In an article carried by the convention's Baptist Press News Service, A missionary wrote that Americans' forest policy and military might have opened an opportunity for the gospel in the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This worked from a slate of evangelical talking points, both Franklin Graham, evangelist and son of Billy Graham, and Marvin Olosky, the editor of the conservative World magazine, a former advisor to President Bush on faith-based policy, echoed these sentiments, claiming that America, the American invasion of Iraq would create exciting new prospects for proselytizing Muslims. Jesus fucking Christ. Tim LaHaye, the co-author of the hugely popular Left Behind series, spoke of Iraq as a, quote, focal point of end times events, end quote whose special role in the Earth's final days will become clear after invasion, conquest, and reconstruction. For his part, Jerry Falwell boasted that, quote, God is pro-war, end quote. In the title of his essay, he wrote in 2004, the war sermons rallied the evangelical congregations behind an invasion of Iraq. An astonishing 87% of all white evangelical Christians in the United States supported the president's decision in April 2003. End quote. Wow. Fucking wow. So do you think that any part of it was... uh like the leaders in charge of the country, actually like their faith... 
being pushed to move them to do it or it was always just about power and money or do you think like i know from like tim lahay and jerry Falwell and all of them it was definitely about power and money because they were yeah. the ones making this shit up yeah but do you think that when they when they brought it to like the commanders in chief and shit that they were like like they actually bought into it or they were just like oh i see where you're going with this who you mean like george bush and everything yeah i i think that i think dick cheney was all was just kind of use use them the way he uses everybody else right um, i i think that uh george bush was just gullible and like kind of went with everything not to say that he's yeah. an evil person at all um but uh i think like like we said before the presidency was mostly decided by dick cheney and he wanted yeah. this war um so it's just crazy it's it's just so fucking weird that like what like growing up and distancing yourself from this you kind of have to mock it all in your head to like mm -hmm. you like to make a joke of it and that's what you do to get past it because of how fucked up it is and you belittle it, belittle it, belittle it, so that when mm -hmm. you finally start reading these things, you find out how big it is. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> these yeah. crazy old fucking people that I saw every day did what? Yep. Yep. They they lied us into a war just like Colin Powell. What? <laughs> you know, my pastor did what? Like, uh, <laughs> wait, oh, I'm not there yet. Hold on. I'm oh, sorry. God. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> sorry everyone to quote this article again because they wrote it better than i ever could quote the single common theme among the war sermons appeared to be this our president is a real brother in christ and because he has discerned that god's will is for our nation to be at war against iraq we shall gloriously comply end quote Oh man, I love when anything coming from the church is telling me to comply. Yes, yeah, that's the, the best. Damn mask. Um, <laughs> so Fuck. we all need to get a we all need to get a piece of paper out and write a thank you note to Tim LaHaye's grave for his humongous influence in marching this country willingly into a war that we all still suffer from. Not to mention the indescribable destruction that we brought into the people of Iraq. Yep. So, uh, but uh, around 2002, in case you're like, now you're kind of overblowing it. Like this guy doesn't really have that type of connection, doesn't really have that influence. Doubting. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, after all these episodes and proof yeah yeah um around 2002 a large amount of evangelical leaders formed yet another club called the arlington group this group of leaders was said to have had quote have the ear of president bush as well as chief political advisor carl rove oh is it a fucking name i haven't heard in a while yeah to quote from a democracy now interview with carl unger who went over undercover with LaHaye's followers to write an excellent expose on him. Um, oh, great. I, I would recommend everybody go see it um, or go read it. Um, the quote, this is an interview. Uh, Amy Goodman asks, uh, in Tim LaHaye's relationship with George W. Bush, 
and Craig Unger. Unger. Is that German? I guess <laughs> Unger. Unger. Craig Unger. Craig Unger. <laughs> well, <laughs> he is, is one of the founders of the Council for National Policy. Now, this is not a very well-known group, but it's an umbrella group that oversees dozens of Christian right groups like Focus on the Family, which is James Dobson's group. The more majority was part of it and so on. And within it was a much smaller group called the Arlington Group of about 50 religious leaders. Now, they were in a regular contact with Karl Rove. And what you have in the Christian right is, oh, wait, I read that wrong. And what you have in the Christian right is as many as 80 million adult evangelicals. You have about 200,000 pastors, and they operate almost as precinct captains did in the labor unions for the Democratic Party. I don't know why I'm turning Irish <laughs> so this is a vast populist movement that operates as part of the Christian Republican Party, and they have regular contact with the White House. I'm reading this and, and not finding it funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's not really funny, but yeah, you're you were pretty good with the. the okay. Two hundred thousand so, pastors across the country being mouthpieces of the administration, while also filling the president with a bunch of end times culture war bullshit. That was yeah. you, wasn't it? That, Not the that quote. That was me. That was me. <laughs> Perfectly fine. That was um, beautifully put. I was like, yeah. as I was reading, I was like, if this is them, this is great. Oh wait, there's <laughs> bullshit. This was it. This is awesome. <laughs> so basically, uh, during this time, we have this Arlington group which is about 50 religious leaders and wow. they uh they cycle or uh spread their message uh to Karl Rove which in the president also but also in turn take that and take what their messages and want and pass it down to these 200,000 pastors that are all part of this organization not the Arlington group but they're all part of this evangelical the umbrella yeah the, um, yeah not of you know of the cmp or anything but like of this you know christian organization whatever the fuck you want to call it I mean, it doesn't have a name the but, church yeah <laughs> they get their marching orders from up top so mm-hmm. two hundred thousand pastors are all beating the same drum at once this is it's it it's like fuck like I was sitting through these messages and shaking my head. Like I, I, this whole time is very triggering for me. Um, mm-hmm. It was very hard for me to get through writing these episodes, this episode in yeah. particularly, uh, just because I'm like, I'm filtering back to like knowing, you know, hearing these, these messages from, from church um, yeah. that we need to go to war or that God will protect us because this cause is righteous and, you know, yep. on and on and on and on and being told that you're wrong to find out that this is all orchestrated. Yeah. It was very upsetting. I, <laughs> I yeah, I, yeah, I could definitely, I understand that for sure. Cause you telling me this is, yeah. <laughs> so I could imagine finding it out yourself and then writing it all out. And yeah. Fuck. What's even I remember. More, yeah. Hold on one second. What's even more upsetting is that 
for somebody like me and other people that were around us like trying to find their way out of this this time yeah there was nowhere to go oh shit oh shit sorry about that there yeah i knocked over the microphone (laughs) so like during this time there was like nowhere to go yeah every single church is preaching the same thing like yeah there's every religious leader is saying the same thing and it was mainstream it was also being it it was what was going on in the so there was even if you were to just leave the church it was Mm -hmm. still there yep so yeah so and now you know that the church was the ones the people that were the people controlling the church were the same people control which is so fucking even more crazy because it's like they were going at it from both ends just to make sure they got everyone where they wanted them you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they could have just went to the pastors and had us all fucking do whatever the, you know what I mean? But instead of doing that, they made us all vote for who they want it for, but then they all picked who was going to get voted for anyway, just yeah. to make sure. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's so fucking crazy, man. Yeah. It's like when you're, when you tell your kid to do the dishes or something and you watch them for a second to make sure they're actually doing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw you um... throw that plate in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> It's just very, I don't know, like I'm, uh, that time was like screaming at a wall where, you know, you're like, we shouldn't be killing these people. And they're like, well, no, it's biblical. Like, no, George Bush is a Christian. Like he wouldn't be doing this or, you know, you're with us or against us or love it or leave it or, you know, getting in fights with people and. And like, just realizing that, like, I wasn't just fighting my church and my pastor. I was fighting this behemoth that, you know, that was bigger than me, you know, that was bigger than, than my idea of like what my church should be doing. Um, Because 200,000 churches are doing the same exact fucking thing. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just like, wow um very eye-opening for me this this whole this whole episode (laughs) yeah no i i I understand and to think of what we're still suffering from it you know with the opioid epidemic and all the um you know just the political instability that we're going through uh is still we're still hurt by it so well it's yeah. yeah yeah the, the whole country is fucked then it's crazy to see how much of it goes back to that for sure yeah and then yeah i keep thinking about too like all the people out there who grew up going to the church you know and mm-hmm. got severe anxiety and shit because of stuff like this people like us that didn't link it to that you know what i mean mm-hmm. not saying that that's the primary route to the cause but doesn't help there's <laughs> no, and I, I guarantee there's a lot of people that left the church, you know, and never looked back. And now they have some kind of mental illness or something and they never yeah. sought help or anything because they still have that little fucking thing in the back of their head from church or something, you know, where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, medicine. There's probably still a lot of people out there right now that are fucked because of that stuff and yeah. don't know where to go. And yeah. it all leads back to shit like this. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's fucked. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> But we got to move on. Um, I'll do another weird accent in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
something up, but the the White House completely denies this happened. Um, but I uh, I got this from foreignpolicy.com. Uh, um, it has been quote has been reported that Bush told French President Jacques Chirac, Gog and Magog are at work in the Middle East. Biblical prophecies are being fulfilled. This confrontation is willed by God, who wants to use this conflict to erase his, to erase his people's enemies before a new age begins. Are you fucking kidding me? And then what happened right after that? I it was like, what was that one when France fucking pulled out and was like, we're not doing this shit anymore. And then we we're like, freedom fries. Yes, freedom fries. Yeah, yeah, yep. Dude, yep. that makes so much fucking sense that I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so the the White House absolutely denied this. Um, I'm not going to say it happened because I don't know. but But from what I'm reading, the fact that this Arlington group and who's composed of the Arlington group and what they believe and the fact that they had their ear to Carl Rove and to Bush. Um, right. Uh, I'm sure they're filling his head. Uh, you know, as we've seen, he's not the most intelligent guy. Uh, it's like uh, things. Um, it's like when they were doing MK Ultra on last podcast when they started talking about all the crazy <laughs> shit. And then yeah. Kissel was like, did they really do that? No. Yeah. And he's like, well, I wouldn't fucking know. <laughs> I believe anything at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Fuck. Of course, the White House is going to deny it because this is right. fucking crazy to the rest of the whole entire world, you know. But I, I honestly, if you're going to say if he, if I, if you ask me if I believe he said this, I'd probably say about eighty twenty he did, um, or something along those lines. I'm, I'm, I'm so confident that he said it, like legit. I, yeah. I'm very confident in the fact that he said that. Plus, the, I'm, I'm also of that whole belief that he was playing us for a while of how fucking stupid he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could totally see him like he's <sighs> like. Yeah, I'll be out there in a second. Don't worry about it. And then he just gets on the phone. He's like, Gog and Magog are at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh my God, this is the real bush. <laughs> His eyes just turn red. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Only so there is no data. <laughs> um, in 2003, we went into our second war and LaHaye kept writing. He started writing his Babylon Rising series, which, quote, from the product information, Tim LaHaye has created a new series that begins with Babylon Rising. The novel is a new series. The, the novels in this new series are even fast, pa faster paced thrillers based on prophecy that are not covered in the Left Behind books and that have great relevance to events today. He also writes Armageddon, not the movie. Um, Bummer. That would, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? Like He just wrote the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to close my... Oh, that's a good one, Timmy. <laughs> Maybe an animal cracker across their stomach. <laughs> oh, so God. gross oh two by two <laughs> <laughs> um the he 
Armageddon is the eleventh in the Left Behind series. He writes the, the the last of the Soul Survivor books. Uh, he writes the End Times controversy, the Second Coming under attack. <laughs> oh, and he wrote eight different books in his Left Behind Kids series. So, I guarantee you, he doesn't know. He didn't know which one was what. He didn't oh, even remember what he wrote. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think this is the same thing with with um, with Jenkins, where he's just giving him plot points that they want him to run with. And then he, you know, um, I believe he's writing like the end times books and everything like the more academic stuff. Uh, This the the kid series, I doubt it. But, you know, I never you never know to what extent his, you know, he went to. So. I mean, he did write two fucking weird young adult romance novels, basically. <laughs> so, who fucking knows? Oh, the rave. And I bet you if you read that now, you'll find a scene where there's some animal crackers going across a teen's belly. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew the, it. <laughs> yeah, that was the fifth Soul Survivor book. Um, uh, in 2004... Tyndale wanted to diversify their bonds and they wanted to carry a series of Christian books that would be counter to the Left Behind series. Oh, wait, you mean a, a company wanted to, you know, write a fucking book series and cash on the whole fucking country going crazy Christian when a fucking war was raging overseas because we're all Christian over here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got to get. No way. You got to give a. <laughs> As, you know a little differing opinion so that way people you know still buy stuff and still stay christian you know so oh um uh from contenttime.com tildale house launched a rival series directly challenging the premise that born-again christians will be raptured into heaven while those left behind face the antichrist during the apocalypse LaHaye was not amused when Tyndale asked him to debate to, to debate his new competition. Christian radio host Hank Hingrafe as a promotion. Hingrafe's novel, The Last Disciple, argues that the book of Revelation describes the persecution of the first century Christians under Nero, not some future tribulation of non-believers. Oh, shit. A lot of Christians have been hoodwinked into this amillennialist viewpoint, says Tim LaHaye. I'm not going to promote that flawed theory. You can't just make up bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) You can't take historical fact and compare it to writing around the same time and make it make sense like it really does, but... (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck are we doing <laughs> like i can't believe i wrote five episodes about this fucking asshole this is insane <sighs> i can't oh my god so so Some this guy is is basing his his view on revelations based on actual physical like not physical historical fact Right, and LaHaye's pulling everything out of his ass, and he said, "I'm not. I don't. That's a flawed theory. What the fuck are you talking about?" 
it's even crazier because like if he was a little bit smarter maybe he'd go oh but he's not saying that it's the end's not going to happen so let me i could i could pivot it this somehow and say we're both right yeah (laughs) instead he's just like oh oh, oh." (laughs) (laughs) fuck you and your mom Um, something else happened uh, else happened in 2004 uh, a movie came out that scarred us all a passion of the christ hit the theaters and i have tim lahaye's opinion about the film if you'd like to hear it everyone should see this movie it could be hollywood's finest achievement today <laughs> thank oh, you yeah. gene siskel <laughs> Uh, oh yeah it's been reported that LaHaye served as a spiritual advisor and advisor in general for the film oh my god and swayed Mel Gibson (laughs) to add the resurrection scene at the end of the film this makes me so much more upset than everything else for some reason You can just see his hand coming out from the screen and touching you. Oh my god, I'm so fucking sick of this. I'm gonna find out that like he like lives next door tomorrow. <laughs> he was at your high school prom and played like the first right. song just so you would god. you know. He gave me my driving exam and I didn't realize it. <laughs> fucking Christian. Good job. You. <laughs> Good job, you failed though. Where's your cross? You're not wearing it. F. Gotcha. <laughs> oh it's a four-way God. stop. It's a four-way. <laughs> Jesus died on a four-way stop. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy has his fucking hand in everything. It's, it's so amazing. Oh, uh, man. Oh, I'm surprised he didn't wear gloves. Like to everywhere, <laughs> gotta keep my fingerprints off. Yeah, swipe your prints, bro. Like, All right, I'm touching oh everything God. today, buddy. Jesus Christ. Um, but fuck, and, man, uh, that movie too. The other fucking, it's like every giant thing that fucked us up in the Christian world. <laughs> yeah, he had his grubby little mitts on some some way or another. You know, uh, it really we're gonna have to do an episode legitimately about that movie. Like seriously. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, I remember there was a big thing about there being the resurrection scene at the end of the film. Um, I don't even remember that. You don't remember the resurrection scene? I honestly, I'm going to be straight with you right now, okay? I've not seen that movie since I saw it in the theater when I went with my church and I told you and Christy about how it really, really scarred me. I honestly don't remember anything after the whipping scene. Well, once your like eyes I, are like shrink wrapped in tears, it's kind of hard to yeah, see. Yeah, I like. Screen. Yeah, dude, I like. I remember literally getting up to leave, and like I told you guys, my mom threw me down and was like, "You watch what he went through for us." So like, I'm just coming out of your nose and you're puking. Dude, yeah, I remember. I like blacked it out. I I remember seeing that fucked up baby stare at him as his fucking skin's hanging over his left eye. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> disassociation ago oh my God. Uh, no i don't remember the resurrection scene it's is it like post credits is it a marvel sting you know what i don't even i just remember the scene i don't remember where it is in the movie uh buddha shows up i'm starting a team 
uh, yeah um i just remember it's in there and i remember it being a big deal because it was like you know if you you got to have him be resurrected at the end of the film or else it doesn't really matter what happened yeah it doesn't pack the punch yeah yeah so <clears throat> but i can I see just, like fucking people just standing up in the theater like churches oh, that go to see it and yeah. stuff yeah like just applauding and weeping yeah, hands yeah. in the air swaying yep, yep that's what oh god was. oh i saw them in the theater it was a lot was just like that um i was there I too I, was, I just don't fucking remember <laughs> I just remember a lot of people crying. Um, yeah, right. Uh, but 2004 was also the year a scream from Howard Dean officially ruined his presidential campaign. <laughs> Think of that would end somebody's presidential campaign. Everything after everything we've been through over the past couple of years. I don't. I don't want to talk about how many times I've uttered that phrase in the past six years. <laughs> What the? Ah. Yeah, just bringing up Howard Dean being out yeah. of everything because of a scream, and yeah. then what we went through. <laughs> yeah, just he, he oh was probably the best candidate out of everybody that was running too. Um, but uh, the Democrats nominated the most boring person in the world next to Al Gore. That was John Kerry, <sighs> and a yeah. terrible human being in John Edwards. Now, part of Kerry's loss came from when he was swift boated by, with the help of the CNP and one of their members, Jerome Corsi. Uh, Kerry's anti-war activism post his service in Vietnam hurt him against, you know, the gods, guns, and beer, George W. Bush uh, nominee presidency. The walking Coors Light commercial. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another thing that hurt Carrie's chances was something that LaHaye was directly invested in since the 1960s, and that was the gay rights and same-sex marriage movement. On May 17, 2004, the state of Massachusetts legalized same-sex marriage. Earlier in, earlier in the year, Bush had already said that he would support a ban on same-sex marriage. The culture war that LaHaye had been fighting for decades and the right had been pushing as a political fight in a constitutional amendment that said marriage was between a man and a woman, uh, which he later stepped back, but it was a stake for evangelicals to bite on. Bush was able to take the fear of a de destruction of marriage as we know it and use it as a successful force in the 2004 election and beat John Kerry. Evangelicals got another four years to build their theocracy, and they wanted what they were promised from the White House. Um, I remember this time very fucking vividly. Like, it was yes, it, I, it, um, so anti everything. It was so scary and crazy. The what was it? I think it was two weeks before the election my old youth pastor asked me to come to the church to do a presentation on the electoral college and what it does because nobody in the fucking church understood it so it was for mostly the youth group but it, but he had me do stand up and do a present not a presentation but a call to whoever wanted to come to understand it uh to show up i was a political science major in college right 
so I went there and uh, I had I was in the youth room that they had. There was probably like 50 people in there. And I did a presentation on the Electoral College. And then people started asking my political viewpoints. And that did not go mm. well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was not asked to do anything else after that point. Uh, so yeah that was a very it's always time it's yeah that's so fucked up man yeah um, i'm sorry dude well that's all right uh but yeah that's that's what i'm i only bring that up because i know other people went maybe didn't do that but like like i understand that not everybody during this time was pro-war and they just kind of like stayed in their churches and kind of sucked it up i guess you know yeah, or some of them are like 11 years old and they write with really weird <laughs> raps that they are forced to do in front of the whole church without any instrumental. And it's really weird. And it's about unity and stuff and no one understands it. <laughs> but you had Carmen, the ghost of Carmen, just standing right over your shoulder, you know? He was and still alive kids. then. What's up? Okay, it was the spirit of Carmen. <laughs> It was like the movie Sidekick. You remember yeah. that with Chuck mm-hmm. Norris? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was you me and Carmen. A thumbs up in the crowd. <laughs> and I throw my inhaler on the ground. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Deep cuts. That's a deep cuts. <laughs> yeah. So getting back to this promise, the evangelicals yeah. wanted their promises fulfilled from the White House. In a CNN, ew, whoa, there's a lot of ends in that one. <laughs> in a CNN interview with a group of powerful evangelicals, including Tim and Beverly LaHaye, Franklin Graham, Bishop TJ Jake, TD Jakes, Brian and Brian McLaren. And then this is the interview. Uh, I'll read who, who you're who are you better at, uh, Larry King or or Tim LaHaye? I mean, I don't care. I can whatever you want. Go for it. <laughs> uh, how does larry king sound larry king's kind of like deep and high like this question is for each of our <laughs> guests this and it's asking okay, it. i'll yeah. just be myself okay all right i'll Go be larry it. king okay <laughs> all right, just do him as whoever you can that'll be even funnier okay <laughs> i can't do anything i mean I don't even know <laughs> okay, you can't is. even do like Alan Rickman. <laughs> what the fuck is Alan Rickman? Like Summer like, Snape, bro. <laughs> I know who Alan Rickman is. I'm just saying, which which Rickman do you want me to do? Do you want oh. me to do Bill Clay? <laughs> yes, yes. Our Hans Gruber. Give it a little flair. <laughs> I can't do a Hans Gruber. Um, this question is for each of our guests, and it's asked on the front cover of Time. What does Bush owe them? What does he owe you, Reverend LaHaye? Five bucks. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he owes us to do what he promised. He is a man of integrity because of his faith, and we expect him to keep the promises that he made to get reelected. And I think that's what all Americans expect of him. Does the church care about social security, tax, war in Iraq? No. We care about moral values, and it involves that. 
And as much as he already said, I yawned. What he's going to do, we expect him to take care of Social Security. So in other words, he didn't do that. If he promised something and didn't follow through, that would be immoral. He would fail us. The senior citizens, he promised that they would be taken care of. And if he doesn't take care of them, then he's not a man of integrity. Beverage Farm remembers. <laughs> so we've gone over this in the past. Um, the the conservative right wing, hard, conservative Christian hardcore right wing, they were not happy with Reagan um, at the end of the presidency, although they got a, a bunch from it. They weren't ha- happy with the first Bush. Uh, of course, they weren't happy with, with Clinton. Um, but the reason they weren't happy with with the first Bush and Reagan is because they they were promised these conservative justices. They were promised an overtaking of the court. They were promised bans on abortion, same-sex marriage, all this other stuff, and they didn't get any of it. Right. And they kept so, calling all the other people like, good for now. They'll yeah. do. Yeah. And I really, and I didn't put this in here, but I really believe that if the Bush presidency wouldn't have gone off so off the rails in the second, the the second part of his administration, um, we might it, things might have gotten worse from the conservative side. Like I think there would have been more of an attack, concentrated attack on what you and I now see valuable. Um, right. So he wouldn't have had to take all his time worrying about all these different scandals that he had going on. Um, but <clears throat> so, but uh, in 2004 yeah. was also the first time I can find that it was reported by, uh, by Mike Rogers of the now defunct blog active about that Lee LaHaye, son of Beverly and Tim LaHaye and CFO of Concerned Women's for America was himself a homosexual oh man quote concerning that the chief financial officer of concerned women's of america leela hay is himself an openly gay man you have to wonder why they continue to bash gays how bad can gays be if the cwa trusts its 12 million dollar 2003 budget to lee oh if Lee's name sounds familiar, it's because Lee is the son of Beverly and Tim LaHaye. Two of I was going to go ahead. I was going to say because of genes. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> um, two of the most noted anti-gay characters in the country. I found it rather odd that a conservative president would tr- turn to such a confused organization to vet picks for the Supreme Court. That's a good point. <laughs> oh. uh, the last thing I'll say about Lee, and this is from pinknews.com. LaHaye's home, located in Washington, D.C., was recently put up for sale. This is Lee LaHaye, not, not um, his father. Uh, a, journalist, oh, gotcha. a journalist stopped to look at the house, but didn't originally know who, who the house previously belonged to. He was shocked to find an explicit homosexual painting hanging in the living room. 
and his shock was amplified when he found out who the owner of the house had been. The painting shows three men engaging in anal sex. It was reported that the painting was being sold with several other of LaHaye's belongings. Oh, you put the family portrait up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not here to gay bash. Uh, it seems no, like no, no, no. LaHaye lived uh, very complicated and... I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't even know what to say about it, because I'm sure that I'm sure he went through a lot of his own shit living in, in the household of that fucking monster. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what to say about it. Just. Yeah. It's that's uh, just fucked it's amazing. Up. Yeah. It's just another wrinkle in this story. That's just, just it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give me one second. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. For decades, you're telling your these people that read your books about gay people and 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 how they are and who they are and how evil they are and right how you should treat them as a parent and then your son is gay and you're giving him the power of one of the most powerful. Dude, fucking organizations in the entire country with the Conservative Women's for America. We haven't even touched how how powerful they were and still are up to a point. It doesn't compute to me. What if like Chrissy says, make it make sense. Okay, I got I got a theory. What if what if Tim LaHaye's at home persona was totally different and he was like a sweet guy right he was nice he didn't believe in any of this shit this this was just his public appearance and that's that's even what he told his family at home and that's why they all uh, they all did whatever the fuck he said because at home he's like no this is all fake when i say gay people that's a character in my story that's a character in my design that's not you you're a real yeah. person you're gay you're gay in real life that's, you're not gay in my book you know what i mean that makes him i think that makes him a even worse person oh it definitely does but that makes it more understandable for the family to fucking just jump on the bandwagon yeah i don't know and also it like it fucks with your head a little bit more which is fun (laughs) 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 you're like but what if it's this man (laughs) um but uh, we got to move on. LaHaye was, was on another writing fury in 2004 to 2005. He did two Babylon Rising books, three prequels to the Left Behind series. That's Jesus. prequels. <sighs> and a glorious appearing, the second Great. to last book of the series, Left Behind series. He wrote eight kids, kids books to finish out this, the kids series. He wrote Embracing Eternity. The Popular Encyclopedia of Bible Prophecy and A Kid's Guide to Understanding the End Times. Yeah, buddy. Woo. That's what we need. That's yeah, exactly what we need. Let's get some of that. Um, Dad, can we go outside and play ball? No, read this fucking book because shit's going down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, LaHaye was not happy about a write-up from the New York Times about Gloria appearing. New York Times is constantly on his back. <laughs> I fucking love it. 
What uh, what paper's that? Oh, you better get that the fuck out of my house. <laughs> this is a, a a letter to the editor um responding to Jesus and Jihad by Nicholas D. Kristoff, a column from July 17th, 2005. You want to you want to do this? Oh, this it's is him reading. reading. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I didn't realize it was him. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Comparing my book, Glorious Appearing to Fundamentalist Islamic Tracks, is a real stretch. The Islamic radicals who bomb the innocent are not nice people. There's an exclamation point. <laughs> there is. There is. That's how he wrote it. <laughs> Should Christ overlook their rebellion and welcome them into his kingdom, they would ruin it for everyone. You don't choose to... <laughs> You don't choose to live around people like that today. Would you want to spend eternity with them? Does it keep? Is it still them? Okay, keep going. <laughs> okay. Glorious appearing does not gleefully celebrate religious intolerance and violence against infidels. Unquote. The prophet tells us that God does not delight in the death of the wicked. This is why Christians do not dance in the street when tragedy befalls our enemy, but instead send aid. Just not me. <laughs> not me, though. <laughs> oh, oh that, that, that quote is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the part where he's like, he's, they're going to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> it's <laughs> The, the brown no. people are going to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> right. Why do we all want to go to heaven if we can't have any bacon? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he's, he's like, first off, Christians definitely do dance in the street when tragedy befalls our enemies. Oh my God. Um, yeah. It's like, there's a lot of it in the Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of it in the Bible. Um, and they do not send aid. I don't know where the fuck you got that from. Right. <laughs> I mean, it says to do that, but they definitely don't. <laughs> mm. <sighs> Excuse me. Coughing. They're going to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> Turn yeah, the Don like, nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly what, I was, what you were channeling there. I loved it. Um, <laughs> the Islamic radicals who bomb the innocent people are not nice people. <laughs> Neither are radical Christians that bomb abortion clinics, you fucking scumbag. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say most radical people aren't the best. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they're, they're not really. Um, but moving on, the Bush president, <laughs> the Bush presidency isn't going well, um, and it's gonna about to go from bad to worse. Spoiler war alert: <laughs> <laughs> the war on terror was going terribly. Bush had given up looking for Osama. Katrina had given them a huge black eye. Um, domestic spying and torture of detainees was coming to the light. Blackwater had come under fire, fire for killing civilians in Iraq, and the links to the White House started coming out. An email scandal where white, the White House used private email servers to communicate. Well, that was a scandal that they tried to push on Hillary Clinton also. Um, right i thought you were talking about that for a second <laughs> yeah no no this happened under bush uh yeah. and cheney shot his friend in the face <laughs> what a whirlwind 
Oh man, Chidi's like, we're going out on a high note. Yeah, this isn't even like that. Like I was, I actually wrote like another like two paragraphs of shit that happened, and I'm just like, this is too much. <laughs> they found the sex tape with George H. W. His oh, wife and God. Condoleezza Rice. Gross. <laughs> uh, and and I've I've mentioned Sandra Day O'Connor a few times here. Well, but her days on the bench were coming to an end. And Bush had a chance to replace her. His first choice was John Roberts, but after the death of Chief Justice uh, Rehnquist, John Roberts took the position of Chief Justice. Bush then called on Harriet Myers. She had bipartisan support for whatever that's worth, and uh, she served as a lawyer to Bush, so there was a friendship there. And on October 5th, 2005, Bush nominated Myers to the Supreme Court. And three weeks later, she would withdraw her nomination. So Mm. what happened? From the LA Times, as momentum grew against her, a good soldier acted. Republican National Committee Chairman Ed Golepsky was joined by Senator John Cornyn, Republican Texas, another Judiciary Committee member, and Myers, chief Senate com- champion, and two advisors to the White House on judicial matters, Leonard A. Leo, on leave from his position as executive vice president of the Federal Society, and Indiana Senator Dan Coats, the li- liaison between Myers and the Senate. So a bunch of people are in this room together. Important people. Yes, very important people. <laughs> when when Corrin was called to the Senate floor for a vote, the others followed, resuming their discussion in Di- Vice President Dick Cheney's office in the Capitol. An aide to Cornyn said the four men were working to rally support for Myers. It, quote, it wasn't an end it meeting, said Cornyn spokesperson Don Stewart. It was a make it better meeting. Hmm. After the meeting, Coates spent an hour in the Washington office of Concerned Women for America. Oh my one God. of the nation's largest Christian advocacy organizations. The organization boasts 600,000 members and has rallied them in the 2000 and 2004 elections on the president's behalf. Before he arrived, the group, group senator, before he arrived, the group's senior staff had concluded over lunch that they had more than enough information to formally oppose her nomination. All they needed was permission from the group's founder, evangelical author Beverly LaHaye, who was on a plane to Palm Springs. <laughs> when LaHaye oh. arrived home, she told the group's staff was when LaHaye arrived home, she was told that the group's staff was recommending to oppose Myers and she phoned to give her approval. At the same time, Coates was urging the organization's General Counsel Jan LaRue to hold back on any statements until after Myers' confirmation hearings, scheduled to begin on November 7th. She was called out of the room to get LaHaye's message. Quote, I went back and told him and told him I didn't want him to be blindsided, LaRue said. He was obviously disappointed that we weren't able to wait until the hearing. Coates returned to the White House and related the news. Are we wow. finally influ- realizing the influence and the power of the LaHays? 
By 8.30 that night, Myers had submitted her withdrawal for, for nomination, and Samuel Alito, who would have the full support of the LaHays, would become our next Supreme Court Justice. I'm, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. How do they have this? I know how I've, you've told me how <laughs> Yeah. for multiple episodes, but it's still fucking, oh my God, she was on a fucking plane to the Palm Springs and she got, Hey, is this okay for us to put on the Supreme court? No. I'll call you back. <laughs> I'll call you back. I'm a bad yeah. Betsy. Yeah, Tell the and... nation to put it on hold. What the fuck? Well, yeah, and the thing is, is, like, well, how about you come out and say that you're against her after we're done with the hearings? Like, let's go through this process. Let's go through the hearings process. Let her come up in front of everyone. Let the nation hear who she is. Let, you know, everybody find out all her ins and outs. And well, then because everyone's, well, everyone that's tied to her will come out until the late, right? So we can't have that. Well, you know, and then like, hey, they're like, no, absolutely shut it down right now. And that's what happened. I, I'm not reporting on this. Other people are. Like, it's like, I'm not making this up as shit. No, it's, no. It's, it's fucking that, insane. Yeah, it, it is. And it's. It makes me understand why when I was a kid, I hated politics so fucking much. <laughs> I did. I hated politics. Yeah, but I'm I get it. super interested to it now. And now that I know all this, it's like, yeah, it makes me understand it. I remember watching Fox News with my dad all the time when I was a kid and him getting so fucking mad constantly. I mean, because of that, me being like, I hate this shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to fucking learn anything about this shit. People talk about it, I'm walking the fuck away. If all this is going to do is make people angry and just spread hate why the mm -hmm. fuck do i want to know about it yeah i get you so fucking crazy yeah, yeah. now i'm not gonna <sighs> i'm not gonna claim that the lahays are the number one or you know the biggest influence that she myers had her own stuff and there were people on the right that were already criticizing not they didn't want her um so they had to rally support for her which is one thing you know so i'm not going to pretend like like the Hayes had the final stamp of approval on this, but in the end, if you're having somebody relay the message from the organization to the White House, and you know they say no, and then it dies, it kind of you know makes me feel like they had some sort of influence on in all this. Yeah, it definitely shows it for sure. It definitely. Yeah. And then also that to just shut it down like that too, that to me, that's even more than like more, even more of a show of what he was capable of rather than to be just like, no, or yes. Oh, well, yeah. they said they don't care what I said to be like, fucking shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, what happened to? <laughs> yeah. And they, they got, they got the same thing that, that Trump got, which is, you know, you know, a bonus pick with, you know, Rehnquist dying, and then you have Sandra Day O'Connor dropping off the Supreme Court. You know, he, he had, you know, back-to-back -back Supreme Court picks, just like Trump did. Um, and this is where we're at. And Beverly and Tim LaHaye, had, you know, were two of the main architects of why the Supreme Court looks like the way it does right now. 
So it's so mm-hmm. weird too, because I yeah. remember when all that shit was going on with the more recent ones and stuff. Me being yeah. like, this seems familiar to me, but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this doesn't happen, or or when it happens under Democratic leadership, they block it. So we that's why we didn't get Merrick Garland. <clears throat> but anyway, mm-hmm. um, in 2006, LaHaye thought to reach out to the youth of America, and the best way to do that would be to make a left behind video game oh wonderful it was called left behind eternal forces it was only available on pc which is pure bullshit (laughs) but um can you believe this it came with a lot of criticism Mm -mm. (laughs) no (laughs) from the san francisco gate uh players can choose to join the antichrist team but of course, they can never win on Carpathia's side. The enemy team includes fictional rock stars and folks with Muslim-sounding names, while the righteous oh include gospel singers, missionaries, healers, and medics. Every character comes with a life story. I can already see the DLC. <laughs> Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Carmen. DC what? Talk. <laughs> <laughs> when asked about the Arab and Muslim sounding names, Feicher, who is um, left behind uh, games president, said that game the game does not endorse prejudice. Oh, but okay. Muslims, but quote, Muslims are not believers in Jesus Christ and thus cannot be on Christ's side of the game. That is so obvious, he said. <laughs> dick (laughs) no we're not making funny we're not making funnies of anyone's names or anything like that but you know they don't uh god don't love them so whatever (laughs) Um, i I watched a gameplay of this game uh if you want to on on youtube uh if you get too close to the rock stars they shoot you with lightning from their guitar or whatever and you lose soul points but don't oh. worry, you can get those soul points back if you convert people to Christianity. Um, that sounds if, super fun. Yeah. If you can't, you can run from them or you can straight up kill them like Jesus what? does in that one part of that one book. Um, yeah. Again, quote, quote from <laughs> San Francisco Gate, left behind games president uh, Jeffrey F- Fitcher uh, says the game actually is pacifist because players lose spirit points every time they gun down non-believers rather than converting them. They can earn spirit points again by having their characters pray. Quote, you are fighting a defensive battle in the game. Fisher, whose previous company produced Bible software, said, said of combating the Antichrist, quote, you are sort of a freedom fighter. Suck, suck a dick, suck a dick guy. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Walmart refused to pull the games from the shelves. Um, oh God. Yeah, yeah, that's about the only thing. People were pissed about it. It had very low ranking or score wherever you go look at it. Um, this guy gives off middle child energy. Yeah, that'll be. You know what I mean? I'm not touching yeah. you. Yeah. I'm not yeah. touching you. Fuck it out. But uh, now Left Behind has come to a close. The final book, Kingdom Come, 
in or around my mouth uh, was, re <laughs> was released in 2007. LaHaye and Jenkins were not done with each other, though. And from the ew. LA Times, yeah, and from the LA Times, <laughs> come back to me. I can't quit you. <laughs> it's it, it's just a picture of the the fucking Wolverine meme where he's just like looking at the the photograph <laughs> of Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the pair have begun a new project, the Jesus Chronicles, a series oh, of four gosh. novels based on the New Testament. This time. They're likely to rile, rile biblical purists, even as they aim for the Da Vinci Code fans hungry for less strident approaches to the mysteries of the Bible, end quote. Oh, holy shit, dude, I never thought about that. He was probably fucking pissed when the Da Vinci Code came out. Oh, my God. Big, oh, I didn't. Even, you know what? I didn't even Google it. He was probably furious. Oh. <laughs> They Tim did what? <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2000, in 2007, the American public wanted out of Iraq. Begrudgingly, Bush agreed to start taking troops out in December 2007. Of course, that didn't sit right with the religious right. LaHaye, with a long list of others like him, signed a letter to President Bush to not withdraw from Iraq. Along with oh, making okay. sure... <laughs> What's that? I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Along with making sure we care for the brown people, we had to protect, protect Israel. Not right. because they're human beings worth, worthy of life. Mm -hmm. Come on, without a nation of Israel, this whole dispensational thing doesn't work. Right. And then no more money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bush years were winding down. The economy collapsed. Um, we needed a new president. The Democrats would have a real battle between Hillary Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> the Republicans had a field of Ron Paul, Mitt Romney, John McCain, and Mike Huckabee. The LaHays would put their weight behind Huckabee. Because he's uh, a fat man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i watched the press conference of of uh uh lahey officially endorsing huckabee it it's about as boring as you think it would be um where where uh, am i yeah <laughs> yeah i did the... see i heart the huckabees <laughs> who it was good i didn't know yeah he's good too <laughs> He was talking about the secular humanists and everything. And I'm just like, dude, say I like this guy and get off the stage. Um, no, everything's uh, got to be a sermon, bro. Yeah. Uh, Romney had dropped out in February of 2008, but the lone hardcore evangelical conservative in Huckabee held out until March 4th, 2008. On March 7th, 2008, the CNP would have McCain to speak at a conference in an effort to solidify, solidify support behind him. It had worked with Bush and the past administrations to get close and rally support. It did not go as well as planned. <laughs> as I'm sure many just reserved themselves to the fact that McCain was the only viable person to defeat Hillary Clinton, who was the perceived candidate at the time, 
in March 2008. Um, I wonder if they would have changed their views that they knew Obama was going to be the candidate. Um, but oh wow, yeah. Um, oh, there shit. was a, there was a question and answer session where the CNP members asked McCain about his faith, and he said that he was he became open to God when he was treated nicely by Christian Vietnamese prison guards. This was not what the CNP wanted to hear. They wanted to hear oh. more. Oh shit! I don't know lofty <laughs> bullshit about fucking whatever right. faith means. Oh, I'd mean. suck God's dick. <laughs> <laughs> if it got He's me out man. of that, if it got me out of that prison, I would have sucked God's dick so hard. <laughs> He's our man. <laughs> Uh, when he left the meeting, the extreme evangelical right of the CMP, including the LaHays, were not pleased with where their party was going and who they were going to put their support behind. Just because he they, didn't talk enough or nicely about about Jesus. <laughs> well, there's that and some other things. Um, James Dobson even said that he wouldn't vote for McCain. McCain oh. hadn't done himself any favors in the past when he referred to Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson as, quote, agents of intolerance and, quote, an evil influence on the Republican Party. He said facts? <laughs> that horrible man. <laughs> a Republican stating facts? He is a bad Republican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I can't. It's just, yeah, exa exactly. There are agents of intolerance. Like that's exactly what they do. Um, yeah, he he put it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, um, Lahey made uh, public. Lahey made public pleas to McCain to take maybe Mike Huckabee or another hardcore fundamentalist as his vice president. He signed onto a letter with other evangelical leaders to McCain, quote unquote, asking for him to take Huckabee as a running partner from Right Wing Watch. Until now, the, the content and signatures of the letter remained unknown. But recently, Kark Vanderventer, founder of CEO of World Changers Inc., who, sorry, that was a really weird name, who reported... And a really weird fucking company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who reportedly attended the meeting and signed the letter, posted it on a blog called Veritas Rex. What and the fuck? Clear <laughs> that they were not so much requesting that McCain pick Huckabee as a vice president as outright warning him that not doing so is necessary for his success. So they're basically almost borderline threatening him. Yeah. Uh, is, Huckabee, yeah. Yeah. Basically. But I honestly can't get my mind off of this fucking walking steampunk cosplayer that is clark vendevetter world changers inc you guys have to see this letter i found you're not going to believe this by the way i have to go i'm opening up world changers inc at 7 a.m today as the ceo what the fuck as much as you know john mccain was a terrible person um but he wasn't uh he wasn't an idiot uh he knew he had no shot with somebody as dead and as dumb as mike huckabee uh he we just had eight years of bush and people weren't having it any longer 
but also uh, they he didn't want him because of his fundamentalist vision, um, and he knows it would have tanked him. And uh, but yeah. in walks the sexiest female politician since Eleanor Roosevelt, Alaska governor, and I can see Russia from my porch, Sarah Palin. You clearly don't remember Janet Reno. Uh, you're you you got me. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom really quick. Just for give me about give me about thirty four seconds. Um, uh, Humble brag. <laughs> so how did Sarah Palin end up uh, vice president of uh, the well, not vice president of the United States? Thank the Lord. Um, yeah. You know, vice president nominee for the Republican Party. She had gotten on the CNP's radar when she ran a mayoral race based on a pro-life stance. Now governor of Alaska. Yep. Now governor as of Alaska. Optically, it was probably the best option, but it wasn't certain. Days before the pick was announced, Sarah Palin had a closed door secret meeting with members of the CMP said to me more on the fundamentalist portion of the group, including Tim LaHaye, where they grilled Palin on her religious and political beliefs. We only know all this because a CBN journalist, David Brody, leaked the information and got called out by the right wing website Red State by, for it. Wow. But he wasn't the only one to speak. This is from the Huffington Post. I only learned of the get-together through an online commentary by one of the attendees, Top Dobson slash Focus on the Family Flack, Tom Minnery. Yeah, get that shit, Minnery. (laughs) Minnery described the mood as CNP members watch Palin accept her selection as John McCain's vice presidential pick. I was standing in the back of the ballroom filled with largely Republicans who were hoping against hope that something would put excitement back into this campaign, Minnery said. And have to tell you, that speech by Alaskan Governor Sarah Palin, people were on their seat applauding, cheering, yelling. That room in Minneapolis, watching on the television screen, was electrified. I had not seen anything like that in a long time. On paper, wow. on paper, Pamela was perfect. Then she opened her mouth to the general public. She came off very aloof, uneducated, and a fundamentalist. All which are true, but as we've seen, the right doesn't really give a shit, and those are all positive points for them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you stand in line with the CNP, you get the money, the support, and the power, and Palin is still a rock star on the right. Yeah. Now Obama won the election and racism died. That was a fucking good one. <laughs> God, a lot of the, a lot of evangelicals believed that the world was on its way out the door. The Antichrist finally risen in the first black man to hold the highest power in the land. Ooh, yep. LaHaye, surprisingly, as the utmost expert in the field held the belief that Obama was not the Antichrist. Yeah, That's probably why my dad didn't think it. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Do you have this quote in front of you? Yep, I got it right here. 
I can see by the language he uses why people think he could be the Antichrist. But from my reading of scripture, he doesn't meet the criteria. There is no indication in the Bible that the Antichrist will be an American, and he's not hot enough. He's supposed to be much more attractive. LaHaye <laughs> uh, Le- couldn't get behind Mitt Romney in 2012, uh, which I have no doubt that he ended up voting for him in the end anyway, but he instead mm-hmm. threw his endorsement behind Newt Gingrich. He probably threw up in his mouth in the voting uh, booth. Mr. Yeah. Magic Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh day of <laughs> But he did leave his dog on the roof of his car. That was <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> uh, but LaHaye Le- is coming to the end of the road. His influence has subsided. Uh, nobody that in- endorses Newt Gingrich for president in 2012 has any sway in anything anymore. <laughs> he spent many of his last years on the road si- excuse me there's gonna be a lot of really upset old people that listen to this now oh <laughs> <laughs> he spent many of his last years on the road selling books going to conferences and doing his own prophecy tours which we didn't cover because i didn't want to do 10 episodes on this guy uh, his his writing output went down as well He only released two books in his last few years, The Popular Handbook on the Rapture and Target Israel, Caught in the Crosshairs of the End Times. In 2014, he started a Twitter account to promote the Nicolas Cage Left Behind film. One of his first tweets was a retweet of LaHaye with him and Josh Duggar. It's probably my favorite tweet that I got to see. (laughs) did you find i asked i asked donovan and chrissy to go through the twitter account because i didn't have time did you find any that you liked yeah i found a couple the one thing that i noticed though was that like it would be like a like a weird like it wouldn't be an exact quote of scripture it would be kind of like his own wording but then like four days later he would put it again and then four days later, he'd put it again. But it wasn't retweets, and sometimes the spelling would be different. It was fucking weird. It's <laughs> was like, okay. like 95 years old and trying to run a Twitter account. Right. He's like, what's copy-paste? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites was the one from um, Mike Huckabee that he retweeted after that, after he endorsed him. Mm-hmm. Where Mike Huckabee's like, life, marriage, and religious liberty aren't political bargaining chips. Thanks for your support, Dr. Tim LaHaye. <laughs> to me, uh, to, to me, Mike Huckabee has always seemed and acted like a very bad, like uh like broadcaster for the NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Like a like, but, like not NFL, like he does like college football division two and like like a hundred people see him every week like do do sports casting so yeah exactly (laughs) he's not ready for prime time (laughs) right this is one of my favorite ones discouragement is one of the principal tools satan uses to defeat christians if we allow him to take his eyes off jesus and his coming (laughs) satan can render us useless to god he knows that discouragement opens the door to self-pity, 
which can plunge anyone in a deep depression and nullify our witness for Christ. What do you do when you become discouraged? That's my favorite oh, one. Because... Oh, that, oh, yes, that's a question. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you do when you become discouraged? Uh, God, what do I do? Are you I don't know. Self doubt for a couple hours, and you know, Mm-mm. like sounds like a sinner. <laughs> sounds like a sinner. <laughs> then the other one was. Be very careful never to forget what you have seen the Lord do for you. Do not let these things escape from your mind as long as you live. Be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Amen. Because he's, he, his, his wording and his, his punctuation is very yeah. sporadic. I think yeah. it's because of his age. And then this is my last one because <laughs> I thought it was great. Marriage under God should be a 100% to nothing proposition. You should go into your marriage with the idea that you are going to give yourself with a purpose of making your partner happy and expect nothing in return. The result will be your own happiness. I thought that was fucking great. And then I remembered what a sexist piece of shit he was, and that was just (laughs) bullshit. I read that and I was like, here comes, here comes the real sexist shit. And I was like, oh, this is, this is actually really nice, <laughs> but he's not, he doesn't mean it. <laughs> Did you see any tweets about him supporting Trump? I could not find anything on that. Yeah. The link where I found uh, with the thing I was reading that diverted me to the, um, the Twitter account was uh, said that there were posts about him loving trump i don't know if they got deleted or or what happened i'm thinking that's probably what it was because i was i was scouring it for it i went through it for like uh all the way back to the beginning because at first i just like looked for media because i was trying to see if he just like did retweets maybe even if i just found that but i couldn't find shit yeah oh well um but uh anyway lahey passed away before he could see the evangelical wet dream of four years of donald trump and the conquest of the supreme court um, he passed away in uh, fuck. I didn't even write down the year. Look, I come right to the end, and I don't even have. Well, he doesn't he fucking deserve that respect. If I am <laughs> honest, <laughs> uh, Tim LaHaye died on July twenty fifth, two thousand sixteen. Um, he looked like a fucking raisin. Oh my god, he probably looks so terrible on his deathbed. These uh, pictures that I just uh, seen when I googled his death date, Christ. Uh, it looks like a turtle that shit itself to death. <laughs> still, his influence was still seen today. And in policy post his death, when Donald Trump recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, this is seen as a major step in biblical prophecy in order for Christ to come back. But why does the evangelical church care so much about it? From the Seattle Times. Author Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins have re-narrated evangelicals' ideas about Jerusalem in their best-selling 16-novel fiction series, Left Behind, with over 63 million copies in readers' hands. The Left Behind books have become a major cultural phenomenon, inspiring numerous spinoffs, including 40 Left Behind series for youth, 
a run of graphic novels, another fictional series targeting servicemen and women in a few awful movies. And Barnes and Nobles were peddling that shit hard. Hell yeah. Um, and Borders, too. Um, Jerusalem is at the center of the Left Behind plot and serves as the capital of God's coming kingdom. That's why it's important to these fucking idiots. <sighs> I'm... Do you remember when when that became when Jerusalem became the they like moved the embassy and became like the capital of or was recognized the capital of Israel? Yeah, I remember that was when I started to look into this shit again, and that's when yeah. I started to like. Yeah, that was when things started to get more interesting to me again because I was wondering why everyone was so upset because I didn't remember why, and I was because it was like I've talked to you before where I was just like willfully ignorant of the whole shit. I was yeah. just like I don't want to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when it happened, I was like, what the fuck's going on? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just remember like rolling my eyes when it happened. And I was like, fuck, they're giving, he's giving them what they want. And that's clearly what it, all it is. It's literally just being like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God damn. Um, so that's it. We're done with Tim LaHaye. I doubt we'll ever have such a long series on one single person. But I also don't know if we'll ever come across such a shadowy and incredibly influential person ever again. But if we do, we'll we'll definitely do it again. Um, but don't let me reiterate this point. I'm going to let New York Times bestseller Frank Schaefer. He's a former evangelical fundamentalist and acquaintance to Tim LaHaye. He wrote in a New York Times article, another New York Times article for you, Donovan. <laughs> right. It's a little lengthy, but uh, it really hit home to me what culminates in Tim LaHaye's life and where we are uh, right right now and what we went through with the Trump presidency. Um, yeah, when you sent this to me, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what you just said is exactly what why, what I was trying to say a couple of minutes ago, because when yeah. everything started to like get interesting to me again, I was like, this makes so much fucking sense was what, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Um, quote, Trump wasn't the first to tell evangelicals that liberal opinion, science, and political ideas that contradict his claims were fake news. Evangelicals have been hearing the same thing from their pastors for the last hundred years. Evolution, not true. Gays were born that way, not so. Men and women equal? No. The Bible tells us women must obey men, and so forth. Do not trust worldly knowledge. Trust only what your pastor tells you. They won't change their anti-science, anti-education, anti-everything superstitions. So now they nurse a deep grievance against the world. This has led to a profound fear that the other, the sense of being left out and the left behind, is what Trump appeals to in evangelicals. Feeling aggrieved left out and victimized is the evangelical speciality having pitted themselves against science facts and reality itself after all these people believe in a literal noah's ark but not in climate change no wonder evangelicals feel left out instead of looking at their beliefs critically they blame the world for rejecting them They've been shut out of the media and colleges. 
In fact, they divorced themselves from any institution that valued reason. Damn. Jenkins and LaHaye provided the ultimate revenge fantasy for critical left behind against the hated elite. The left behind franchise holds out hope for the self disenfranchised that at last everyone will now know we were right and they were wrong. They'll know because spaceship Jesus will come back and whisk us away leaving everyone else to ponder just how very lost they are because they refuse to say the words, I accept Jesus as my personal savior and join their side while there was still time. Even better, Jesus will kill all those smart-ass Democrat voting over-educated fags who have been mocking us. Meanwhile, Jesus hasn't come back yet, so Trump will take revenge for us evangelicals on the godless elites or so went the subconscious evangelical thought process the end i'm gonna, I'm gonna rip my microphone off of here so i can drop it that's <laughs> that's <laughs> so fucking yeah on the nose man yeah i know we haven't really talked about the books too much but uh I think LaHaye's life reflects a lot of the books and in the messages and in the anger and the fantasy. Um, yeah, he had a fantasy of a theocracy and, but also the books show themselves as um, self-persecution. Right. You know, like everybody's out to get the Christians so it's so weird it's so self-grandizing while so self like i'm victimizing i guess i don't know it's weird yeah you can't you can't write a book in normal day like you can't write a not a non-fiction book to i mean i guess you can but like it's not going to be like a bestseller you have to make it in a time that you know you believe is going to happen and it's i don't know it's you're putting yourself in this spot that you're you're so hard that you have a hard on to be in right <laughs> it's just like you're obsessed with being the victim that this is you know this is the ultimate fantasy of like victimhood uh, yeah yeah i think it's the best way to put that yeah honestly yeah and, and the way he projects like so that. much yeah he just yeah. projected every fucking thing that he was saying about all the other shit earlier on in his life and everything he was actually doing with all oh, you know the Democrats and the liberals they're trying to take over and do this when he's fucking doing that. So yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah, there's that part of it too. But it's just, you know, he feels I don't know if he even feels it because I don't I don't know how genuine this guy was, but like uh let's just take it at face value and say that he feels like most christians feel and that the the you know the boot of you know the gays are coming down you know to crush you and you know you have to victimize yourself and of course the best way to do it is in you know the way tim LaHaye did it and obviously it worked because it sold 63 million books and i i sent you that um Rachel Maddow interview 
before we uh before we start earlier today and oh i didn't know what that was I, I didn't watch it yet i thought it was related to the other gif you sent me right before no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no uh rachel maddow interviewed tim lahey uh at one point in oh, i gotta watch the that mid 2000s so um and she talked about how big of a book left behind was and and i didn't do the research and the numbers but she was like it outsold catcher in the rye um it outsold marion webster's dictionary and i'm just like what the fuck like are you serious like you don't understand like how everybody reads catcher in the rye right and you just want you just see the influence that it had and you're just like yeah i understand why people read it yeah it's so fucking yeah I just to me that that goes to the other thing of like him just coming at it from every angle to just make sure all his grounds are covered. Mm -hmm. You know, he had the pastors in his pocket, he had the politicians in his pocket. Mm -hmm. Oh, if I can write a book, I can get some more people to come in. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that to, honestly, on my own personal belief, I don't think he believed in any of this shit. I just everything was money moves and power moves to this guy. Everything was finances and just what's the next business idea that i can profit from or gain something yeah. out of yeah i think when we go into the book we'll go into a little bit more of the money that was made um off the book uh i i don't have specific numbers off the top of my head right now but yeah uh dude make made i i can't even imagine what he made over his lifetime he had Kirk Cameron at the height of Kirk Cameron in this movie. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. Okay. That's like, uh, whoa. That's like getting um, David Duchovny in your movie in 1993. Okay? Yeah. I, I had read somewhere that they. That's and, probably and way too early. <laughs> I, I'm probably, this number is probably wrong, but I think I read that they got something like $40 million for writing something to do with left behind like uh like a new series or something i think it might have been the kids books or whatever but i was just like jesus christ like and then they got criticized for keeping the money um and i know jenkins said that he donated a good portion of it um Lahey, Lahey said get off my dick yeah Lahey gave seven million dollars to um liberty university so and that's all change. That, yeah i think that's all i know about where his money went other than uh endorsing candidates and all the other stuff that he was doing not so, but, taxes <laughs> absolutely not so i'm gonna guess that he was worth ugh, fuck me i don't know 100 million dollars maybe by the time he died if he played it's all the only reason right? kenneth copeland's so happy in his fucking like broadcasts because he's gone now Kenneth Copeland's like I'm the most powerful now oh thank you Jesus yeah I bless mean you, bless just, you. It, <laughs> but LaHaye was so smart that he did everything from the you know he he did so much from the background the shadows and, yeah and did so much movement from behind that we'll never know about <gasps> oh I should have um, did all of his quotes as Bane <laughs> <laughs> I was molded by it, <laughs> shaped. I didn't see the light till I was already 
you know, you yeah, you get it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. That was a good scene. Yeah, that was a good scene. Good scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, For you, so, no, okay. <laughs> so before we move Tim LaHaye, we move on from Tim LaHaye. Final thoughts? Yeah, I'm just, I'm very glad that we did this, and I'm glad that we did as many episodes as we did, because this shit was important. And I hope that this finds the ears of the people that need to hear it, because I know that there are a lot of people that need to hear this information, even if it's not from us. I hope somebody finds this information that needs it, because this is definitely a powerful building block to deconstruction, I feel. Yeah. Especially for people from, like, you know, around our generations, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hope so. Like, to me, like, I, I know I'm in a different wavelength than other people and, you know, like history and, and stuff like that really interests me. And I can understand people that just, you know, don't want well, to the same way, but like, that way can like, I don't, you know, aren't turned on by this sort of thing, which is I totally get. But this is just, you know, the way that I process. No, I totally understand things. that, too. But the way you wrote it and the way that you we did this and everything it's made me interested in it and i have a i have a weird like uh like i guess i guess this is a defense mechanism where if when we people start talking about like specific things where i'm just like out you yeah, know even if, no matter how hard i try to focus i'm just like going by the words you know what i mean but yeah there's there's so many things that are involved in this that were a big part of growing up for me and many mm-hmm. people around our time and stuff that I know that once they hear the names and the years and the things involved, they'll be like, I need to hear this. I need yeah, to know these yeah. things because this yeah. it's important shit, man. This is it's rough for sure. And it's fucking weird to wrap your head around, but it's important. Yeah. And it's making me wonder who's got the the power that he had, who has it now. So, yeah, on the po- weird on the positive end, it makes me um, <laughs> it makes me more uh, happy to be around my kids because I'm like they don't have to, they don't know this shit. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, they it never makes have me to happy about a, that. Yeah, they have, don't have to read a word about Tim LaHaye or one of his books or anything like that. That's yes, yeah. absolutely, man. That's that's so. the positive thing I keep looking at with this stuff is like. The, the just the breaking curses shit the cycles Absolutely. you know what i mean we're, or we're yeah. just like nope that's done here nope it's the no spin you. zone baby <laughs> <laughs> oh. we'll do it live damn it <laughs> i'm taking Fuck it back it. <laughs> hey so uh yeah if you guys want to email us name a town name a town if you wish to opine oh that's another bill o'reilly reference that not a lot of oh, people I are gonna know, know. <laughs> god i really oh, hate myself for that one yeah that's um, something he would do at the end of every o'reilly factor when he would tell people to email him oh okay wow okay yeah I, I, yeah I, I probably heard it but <laughs> don't just cut it if, yeah, yeah yeah i don't know he actually don't don't cut it if you guys know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> you'll love that joke um if you're like me you're just fast forwarding now um so <laughs> And now you're about to turn it off because we're about to go into our stuff that we don't uh, always say at the end of the episode. So uh, (laughs) uh, you can uh, follow our podcast at... We have a podcast. Yeah, this podcast. (laughs) Uh, 
XCOM pod on uh, Instagram and TikTok. You can email us at xcompod at gmail.com. Please do. Uh, go name to town, name town if you wish you a pod. Yeah, absolutely. That thing too. Um, <laughs> go to uh, Apple and rate, review, subscribe, all of the other stuff. Uh, also, thank you to the band Iron Sheik providing our intro and outro song. We really appreciate it. Uh, the song is called yeah. those, those Heads Are Our Heads. And uh, find them on all social medias at Iron C-H-I-C. That's Iron Chic, C-H-I-C. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook also at the Excommunication Station Podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't really, we don't really do much there. It's just basically we post on Instagram, goes over there. But if yeah. you're not on Instagram, hey, go to Facebook, you fucking boomer. Um, <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> your gen x ass over there um, yeah you fucking gen y i don't know them i don't know the millennials <laughs> stuff i just know millennials <laughs> yeah uh anyway uh you can follow me at chaz x cure or 17 underscore seconds you can listen to my other podcast the holy hour where gavin and i'm gonna say this for the first time antonio and i speak talk all things cure related uh, you can listen to uh, Donovan's other podcast. It's called Laughing With You, Not At You. It is a podcast I do with my wife where we talk about our mental health struggles and parenting our three wonderful kids. And the new episode will be out this week. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and, and also you can follow me on Instagram at DJDMED. DJDMED. I just thought I'd throw that out there for once. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Self-promotion. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> I always like your stuff when you post it or try to. No, you do. And I appreciate okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people do anymore because oh, it's, it's weird right. mental health shit. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's quite all right. So uh, with that, um, uh, at peace with your spirits. And uh, up in this peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody say, and that's the end. I like my looks. I like my personality. Almost every second that I'm away.